You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Okay, play. <laughs> hey, there's some music. That means it's time for Animal Talk once again. Some of the best doggone pet people on the planet, like the guy sitting across from me. Hi, I'm Brian Donovan. And, of course, uh, very happy that our resident veterinarian is with us today. Hi, I'm Yvonne Ferguson. And my name's Jamie. I just want to make sure everybody has a good time. And uh, Sam is here, pushing the buttons. Say What's hi, up? Sam. Hi. <laughs> hey, Sam. <laughs> Sam Nork. Yeah, Sam Nork. Yeah, you got to... Brian, Brian commands that uh, it's both first and last name when referring to Sam. <laughs> so, uh... It's just Sam for me, though. Yeah. All right. But uh, helping people with their pets, that's what uh, we're here to do. And lots of stuff to talk about. Interesting things in the news. Interesting things on the interweb. I, I saw this one thing, and uh, I reposted it, and I said we were going to talk about it. So it's kind of the, the question uh, of the day. And, Yvonne, you brought a, a friend in with you, which kind of leads to that. That uh, the, the, the kid, There are fur children. Really, I mean, there's so much part of the family. Uh, we baby our pets. We really do. We treat them. We treat them like children, um, and often spoiling them. So, who do we got with us, Yvonne? This is my dog Piper. Hi, Piper. She's a three and a half year old Sheltie. Oh, she's a cutie pop. Just an absolute cutie pop. So, what do you do uh, to spoil Piper? Do you spoil her? But you're a, you're a vet, Not so really. you you know the you know the <laughs> rules, and you're probably a good role model for all of us. So, um, do you spoil her at all, or? Um, not really. Other people do. <laughs> ah, you leave it to others. Brian, you're a petless right now. First time I'm, in your life. I'm petless, yeah. I, uh, I'm kind of ambivalent about it. I mean, it's so convenient to not have uh, – but I, I would go overboard. I'd have six, seven dogs. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you've moved like three times in the last six months. Yeah. Well, they're yeah. definitely a responsibility. Stay a step ahead of the feds. But you, you know what's, re- <laughs> what's really fun <laughs> yeah. is to uh, – to interact with other people's dogs. Yeah. And then, you you know, you just – then they're gone. It's like nieces and nephews. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but when you had when you had uh, puppies in your life, um, what did you do to spoil them? I didn't spoil them at all. No? In fact, that's why I had an Australian cattle dog. You yeah. just kick them once in a while. And they just... <laughs> <laughs> no, they're just kind of wash and wear dogs. Yeah. Um, I, I never really did much in the way of uh, spoiling. But, you know uh, – uh, you know, I would teach classes, you know, and people bring their dogs in with fingernail polish. The dogs had fingernail <laughs> polish, toenail polish. And, and you know, um, dressing their dogs up, putting bows in their ears. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's you know, it, it, if that's what you want to do, I guess sure. it's fine. I got a, I got scrunchies that I put on my cat. And do they match yours? Color, yes. Okay. Different color. I'm kidding. I don't, I don't do that. I do, I do have a friend who did that, though. Would put scrunchies on, on her cat, and it was the most mean, vile, angry cat I have ever met in my life. And I'm like, you know what? Stop putting scrunchies on a thing, and he might be more nice, you know? Uh, but I'll, I'll spoil Percy the cat. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I give him little treats. We got the little, kitty treats and so i'll give him little kitty treats and uh play fetch with him 
for hours, <laughs> or if I'm sitting there doing work, is if the laptop comes out and I, I'm sitting down to do some work, he's like, oh, laptop, I want to be on your laptop too. And so he'll climb up on my lap and I usually end up acquiescing and putting my work aside and, and scratching him for <laughs> an hour when I, when I should be doing some work, yeah. you know. Uh, so that's how I spoil the, the cat. So. But Sam, what about you? Do you, got any, you got a couple of critters, right? Yeah, I have two dogs. Okay, how do you, how do you spoil your fur babies? Oh, I just let them sleep with me. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> My parents, yeah, my parents kick them out of their bed, so they always come to mine. Oh. Yeah, the cat sleeps on my feet. Oh, so Aww. the dogs, the dog doesn't go on the bed, but the cat sleeps on my feet. It's hard to, it's hard to cats. Well, Piper has her own live toy. She has a cat that she was raised with, so oh. she plays with her live so you, toy. So you have a pet have cat one, for your dog. The they one were, dog and cat, mm-hmm. okay. and they were uh, raised together, so they play together. They pretty much don't know that. They're different. <laughs> so she has her live toy running around every day that Aww. she'll chase around and chew on. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, so we have some f- emails that come in. The people uh, send in emails, and we like to answer those. We probably and, have a backlog of uh, some uh, medical, medical stuff. Yeah. yeah medical so stuff. I got one here, and it's kind of a thing is kind of a trend right now. Dear Animal this Talk. fan mail from a flounder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's a question about feeding raw diets. Do you know anything about the raw diets? Yeah, some people feed them. Yeah, so there's uh, – there, uh, do you feed raw diets to, to dogs? Is it a good thing? I recently switched my terrier to a raw diet after she was diagnosed with kidney failure. That, that uh, whole category just kind of exploded a yeah. few years ago and sure. now they're all and, – but, but she's feeding a brand. So she's feeding small batch turkey and vegetables. So small batches is, is the brand. So there's actually brands of raw diets out oh, there. Yeah, so yeah. She's feeding small batch turkey uh, and vegetable blend. Sometimes with beef and vegetable blend for a variety uh, because they're lowest in phosphorus. Because the small batch product is not considered complete, a complete meal, um, I add fish oil, vitamin E, plus some some Chinese herbs that are good for kidneys uh, while I mix mix a little white rice and other low phosphorus vegetables into the reduced phosphorus uh, and and a little bit more. do I need to add a mineral and vitamin supplement too? So, wow, that's a lot of work. If they're if they're really, yeah, doing that much to add products, and there's actually prescription diets that have all that in there, right? For renal disease, for cats, for kidney disease. Uh-huh. But if they're working with a specialist that's recommending it, then they probably right, right. can ask them. Well, this is a dog too. Or, this is a, a yeah. Well, dogs and cats. Terrier. But typically, yeah. um, raw diets. Can be okay for some animals, but they can also lead to um, E. coli and other problems where they can get um, infections because a lot of bacteria will grow in the raw food. So they have to make sure they're caring for it properly and storing it properly. And um, but some dogs may benefit from it. I mean, if they have certain health conditions, I would check with whatever specialist they're working with with that health condition to see if they would recommend additional supplements. Do people go overboard with this? I mean, yeah. um, you know, left a lot to, of left to their own, they would yeah. eat like. Dead squirrels and, and uh, rotten stuff, right? Yeah. Like a lot of people say they want them to have the same diet as a wolf, but a wolf's life expectancy is about five to six years. Mm. So technically the yes. wolf's diet may be good for the wolf, but maybe not for pets. Right, right. So, Well, it sounds like it's not so hot for the wolf. It's only been five years. And there are a lot of things that are occur naturally in um, the wild that the wolf's eating along with it that's balancing its diet. So if we're creating a new diet, you have to add a lot of supplements. So, yeah, you have to do some research to find out what's necessary. But, you know, 
there's probably some truth to the low, low phosphorus and that helps with certain renal disease, but most prescription renal diets are lower in protein, which mm. meat obviously has a lot of protein because that's really what strains the kidneys is the protein. So yeah. phosphorus is a factor, but there may be other things that they might want to check on. All right. Right They're not all bad, but it might be a lot of extra work. That's it. Just seemed like uh, it, I saw it post, I saw on, on the on the interweb, but on Craigslist, it was uh, somebody getting rid of a bunch of raw meat. It was like this meat's been in my freezer for two yeah, years, <laughs> um, not for human consumption, but uh, great if for dogs. If you're yeah, but great for your dogs. If you're feeding your dog or any any type of animal a, a raw diet, please come get this. You know, again, not for human consumption. Again, I'm like, oh my god, it, it, yeah. can you feed a dog freezer burned? You really shouldn't feed a dog anything you wouldn't eat. Yeah, who, that's who what I was thinking. Rule? Who puts old meat on Craigslist? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, the things you but, find in missed encounters, and right? that's often why dogs get pancreatitis <laughs> is they tend to eat the fatty leftovers that people don't want to eat, and they tend to get sick from that. So I always tell people, if you wouldn't eat it, I wouldn't feed it to them. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Unless it's my son Colin, because he like, eats half his steak and then gives the rest <laughs> of the dog, and I'm like, <sighs> some dogs are used to it. Daddy would have taken, Daddy would have taken that for lunch. <laughs> what are you doing? You just turn that over to. All right. Every dog system's different. And I've seen yeah. people that feed their dogs pizzas, and they <laughs> wow. love to be 17. And yeah. I can't complain because they do fine. But some dogs <laughs> that, can handle it, and some can't. That's the that's the bottom line, right? How well the dog is processing the food, mm-hmm. right? So you Certain you might want to look at the other end mm-hmm. and see how, <laughs> how what that uh, <laughs> how that's shaping up. See if your dog's doing well on the food. Oh, here let's see this. I uh, got another one here, dear Animal Talk. <gasps> A chain letter. How are you with ferrets, Doc? Oh, I used to work with ferrets, and I've owned some. All right, so ferret deworming. I just got a ferret. He's so cute. I know how to take care of them, but the one thing I don't know about is do they need deworming? I, I got um, this, Doc. Well, they're in the worm family. <laughs> <laughs> what brand do I need to get? Uh, and and uh, do you feed them? Uh, what meats do you feed them? Uh, I heard they will eat mice. <laughs> What kind of meat should I should I give him raw or cooked? <laughs> so I actually used to work um, on quite a few ferrets because they became legal in Michigan in 1994, right. and we saw. A fair few. We used to see about five or six ferrets a day at work. Whoa. So they are. Um, little less popular now, but they tend to have a lot shorter life expectancy than a cat. So they typically um, – they age faster. So mm. they're basically considered geriatric when they're three Whoa. versus a dog, which might not be considered geriatric till it's 10 or 11 years old. So um, ferrets – Basically, eat a very high meat diet. They do make commercial diets. Marshall Farms and different companies make diets for ferrets that are recommended for them because it's that's it's formulated with all the vitamins and minerals that they need. Um, they typically need vaccinations. They get a distemper vaccination every year. They should have a rabies vaccination every year. Um, by law, they have to be vaccinated by, for with rabies. So it's probably a good idea to take them in, get them vaccinated and examined, and then your veterinarian can recommend certain dewormers. There aren't really any over-the-counter dewormers for ferrets that I know of. Um, and they'd want to check a stool sample to see if it needs to be dewormed at all. Some of them don't need to be dewormed every year. Hmm. Um, they do put them on heartworm products because they can get heartworms, so they put them on HeartGuard, and that can prevent worms too. So HeartGuard usually carries a product. I think they use the cat product for the 
ferrets. Okay. Um, so there's different things available, but you know they still need some to be examined annually or at least a couple every year um, because they age so quickly. So right. they can develop problems very young compared to a dog or a cat, which can live seven or eight years without any issues. So you said you, uh, you used to see a lot of ferrets mm-hmm. and not as many now. Have they fallen out of favor or is it because Trump's putting the wall up? <laughs> what? it, yeah. They were really fun? popular in 94. We used to they, the pet stores were selling like a hundred a week. Wow! So they were very, and then people just they were like a fad, and everybody wanted one. And then they started showing up in shelters, and mm. they started getting adrenal disease and pancreatic disease by the time they're three years old. So people didn't want to take care of these older ferrets that had health issues. Now they weren't so you know desirable. So yeah. they ended up, and so they definitely have dropped in um, frequency of being seen. But I think that we just don't see as many. I love them. I've had several of them. And Have I you really? Abs- Very yeah. mischievous. Oh, yeah. They're yeah, a yeah. lot of fun. They'll steal yeah. things. Oh, oh yeah. They they'll, steal your, they'll drag your shoes across the floor that are heavier than they are, and they'll, and they'll um, hoard them in different parts of the oh, house. Wow. They'll have a big stockpile of everything <laughs> that they like. Yeah. All They're those scrunchies. Sweet. That's where all my scrunchies went. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. And they get along well with other animals if they're not being preyed on by them. But, yeah, they're good pets. They're fun. They're um they're very active. They sleep a lot, though, like a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, they do smell. They have a musky odor to them. Mm. You can keep them bathed frequently. That'll help. But they do have a very strong scent. Yeah, I think that's what turned a lot of people off, too. Because uh, you're right. It was the early 90s, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it, it became a big thing. I had a few back then, and they, they are kind of stinky. Mm. They have their own And when they scent. get sick, they definitely need medical attention. They get um, certain problems where they have to be taken in and, and treated with medication like adrenal problems and and pancreatic cancers sometimes. So, And they do like to eat things, so sometimes they can eat things they're not supposed to. Ah. But, but most of them come already fixed. They're usually already neutered or spayed, and they're already um, descented. So. You know that does help, but there um there's there's certain kind of person's pet. If people you know are really attracted to their personality, they a lot of people that have them love them. You know, have, have you seen a, a trend in a in a new like little designer pet? Because I've 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 there's I've noticed a couple, but have you seen anything of late? Nothing. No, people sure are all into the, the little pygmy things and like the little pygmy pigs and the little pygmy goats, the mm-hmm. tiny tiny little Pat pigs. Um, the well, they have like the little, small, little, little pigs, right? Yeah. That don't get any bigger than, I don't know what they're like called the exactly. Like the mini pig? Yeah, 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 the teeny tiny pigs little pigs. Pigs are a great pet. I mean, again, they're, um, you know, they're a special pet for certain people, but they're mm. very smart and and people that have them love them. So, yeah. you know. Now there's one I'm curious if there'll be a spike in it because uh, it was a really cute commercial. I don't even know what the commercial is for, but there's this this little chinchilla just Aww. hanging out. He's like, "Yeah, chinchilla, you go." Right and it's just this little. I forget what the commercial is, but I just know they're interacting and kibitzing with this chinchilla. And I'm like, "Yeah, actually, it is kind of cool looking." Yeah, so I wonder if there'll be a spike in. Uh, yeah, they're kind of like people that like rabbits tend to have yeah. chinchillas or guinea pigs. I mean, they're in that same kind of type of pet They're but very, um, hedgehogs hedgehogs are great for computer people because they like to be they're nocturnal so when they're up typing on the computer the hedgehog <laughs> would walk around and keep them company <laughs> they sleep all day is uh is punxatani phil is he a hedgehog no no he's a groundhog, groundhog? <laughs> 
Um, oh, you know what? Because it's ground. It's ground to have to get. They were people tomorrow. having prairie dogs as pets for a while. Yeah. Too. yeah. Wow. You know what? Uh, I um, I had a, I've had a couple rats. I'd love. Yeah. Rats, rats are really really mm-hmm. inquisitive, fun animals, and they're they're a lot smarter than you might mm-hmm. think. Mm-hmm. They're great, but they're one of the better rodents to get. Yeah. They're a lot more. F- they're a lot friendlier than some hamsters and gerbils, and they usually don't bite. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's uh, and that that's the thing. People, they, these pets uh, are, are making our lives uh, a lot better, and it's amazing. The the animals are being considered service animals now. Mm-hmm. They're companions. They're emotional support animals, mm-hmm. and. Uh, there's been a big stink. Uh, there was a big stink in the uh, in, in the in the on the interweb and in news stories uh, about a person. United Brian, I don't know if you wrap your head around this. United Airlines denied a passenger entrance to the plane because of their emotional support album. They wouldn't let them on. I say we get United on the phone and and <laughs> give them a task. little. Give they're, actually, yeah. they're actually passing a law against people that are certifying dogs as emotional support dogs when they're just downloading um, basically permits online that they're paying about $25 for and just calling them a service dog. Brian, I am going to stand with this person. <laughs> we are going to call United. Why don't we? You know we can do that, right? <laughs> we are going to all take our emotional support peacocks <laughs> to oh, the airport. Mine's a snake. And <laughs> they wouldn't let mine on. They, would, they I, had, I, I have an emotional support sea cucumber. <laughs> 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 they, they, uh, they actually arrested me. So, <laughs> <laughs> sir, you can't expose that in public. That's <laughs> uh, what, what is, no, it's my sea cucumber. Oh, well, just go home then. But no, it's, uh, it was, it was a peacock. This woman mm-hmm. is walking through the airport it's and it's like a, Big peacock. It's not like a little baby peacock. Well, people get carried away with that stuff. And it, it's I think like, they like to she bought push a seat for it, and and she bought an extra <laughs> oh, wow. ticket for it. They, they why she would bought they make it. a fuss? She spent money. Yeah. So the Other emotional. Allergies. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. The, well, I mean, they're they're huge, though. I mean, uh, yeah. they've got to be six feet long or longer with it with those. And you know, I mean, you're sitting next to it, and the. So there has been (laughs) – since last year, there's been a 75% increase in emotional support animals Mm -hmm. on flights. And and, and there's been a a significant jump in the incidence um, of of bites and – because people are bringing dogs in that aren't service dogs. These service dogs go through years of training before they're paired up with a person uh, that they'll be serving. And somebody's emotional support animal is just, well, I got it from the pound. I really like having it around. I printed the certificate from the internet mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, yeah, it, it's, I'm taking it with me. Uh, this is my sister. Uh, <laughs> is, really? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What She's got this? her emotional support chihuahua. Mm-hmm. She wears a little, like a papoose around her. Oh, they're going to probably start getting more strict now because and, people have taken it. And they are. Beyond. And they are. And it, well, it's a danger to other passengers. It's a danger to, to the staff. And, uh, so yeah, they're cracking down on it. And then this first one was the, the peacock <laughs> and United's like, yeah, probably take it, take us to court. Go <laughs> ahead. Uh, but the thing is, um, you, you read deeper into the story and, uh, the person was just testing them. Uh, they really were. Uh, the, the, the air, the airline said we were in direct contact with the person. We told them in no uncertain terms that that pet wouldn't be allowed on the, on the plane, regardless of what paperwork you had. Um, it wouldn't be allowed in passenger, um, you know, if you had the proper cargo for it, then possibly. But uh, it was not going to be allowed into the passenger compartment uh, three times. 
before the person was at the airport, they were told, no, you won't be allowed to board with this pet. And they came anyway. So it oh, seems wow. like this was kind of a How'd stunt. How they get past security? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those, those uh, ATF yeah. guys. Is that ATF? Is that who that is? Yeah. Or what well, is it? Well, they're, uh, they're, they're entry-level <laughs> yeah. people. So maybe she was wearing it on her head. <laughs> thought Carmen one, Miranda was coming through. That is one crazy hat, lady. This is my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was probably an NBC. Is it an old <laughs> woman or a young lady? Is it, is it, which depends on which way you're looking. Right eye, left eye. Which one is it? Um, yeah. So it's, wow. I don't know. <laughs> uh, because we've talked several times about the companion animals. We think it's kind of, we think it's kind of shenanigans, but. Well, they are, they are talking about having them do pass um, a good can. I think it's the canine citizenship training first for them to at least be certified. Okay. Like to have some kind of a certification involved. Well, the, be nice. the, the, uh, the certification is uh, um, some sort of. Uh, prescription from a, a psychotherapist or a, a psychologist. That's to, right? that's to have the dog come with them, but for it to be traveling yeah. with them, I think they have to have some kind of a some type of training, yeah. obedience training, or some kind of basic, which kind of makes it a little bit more um, um, realistic that they've that they've got an actual dog for that purpose rather than just printing something off the internet. Yeah, if they've taken the time to do that, they probably do have some validity to it. It, absolutely. I, yeah, I, I, there should be an, another step. It's because there's just way too much shenanigans. Way too many shenanigans. I mean, I'd love you have to like, take Piper in a flight, but yeah. she's can, not really that. Could you have like a, an emotional support plant of some kind? <laughs> <laughs> like a tomato plant? <laughs> Cucumber people, plant? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so the question out there, if, if someone wants to call in, Sam, did you like, did you tweet out the, yes, tweet, tweet out, tweet out the number? Did you tweet oh, out the, the number? number? Yeah. No, I did not. Yeah, tweet out the number. That's a smart can, idea. Yeah, tweet out the number <laughs> and throw it up in the Facebook. All right, uh, Say if anybody good. wants to all right, hold on. do it on the I Animal Talk first. and all those. And if somebody wants to call in, they can, they can call in. There's no point to giving them the number because people uh, will listen to this at a later date. But if people are bouncing around the internet, they could call in with a, a question. But let's get a little political. Uh, talking about pets being part of the family and spoiling them, treating them like children. Food stamps. Uh, question on the, on the line there. Should people be allowed to use food stamps to be able to buy, buy pet food? Um, hmm. So this person has mixed feelings about it. She goes, I see this woman come, come to the, she works at a grocery store. I see this woman come to the grocery store and uh, always buying pet food. Um, you know, so double-edged sword there, right? I so I wouldn't think that would be... I don't know how that's run. Rung up? I mean, I don't know how they designate what you can buy with food stamps if they can or they can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. So should you – is it just limited to people food or can you well, buy – Well, here's the thing. So you, who says seen, you're not uh, eating it? You've seen people with the signs, you know, homeless and they'll, they'll have a dog. Sure. So you see this a lot like in California. Yeah. And um, it's it's definitely a priorities thing, right? It's like uh, if you're homeless or you're, you're on food stamps, you know – it's not for me to say what your priorities are, but there's definitely something there where well, you know, and you don't always know people's circumstances of you know how long they've they're showing responsibility to not just throw this dog on the street and not take mm-hmm. care of it. They're taking care of their own dog, even though they're having trouble. So it does show responsibility and companionship, and I think it does. There's a there's a value to it, you know. So yeah. Yeah, they want to put limits on that. They, you know, they want a drug test for getting support and, uh, you know, limiting what you can buy, you know, alcohol, cigarettes mm-hmm. and, uh, 
you know, will they will dog food and cat food go on that list and 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 goldfish food? Uh, There's a lot of shelters that will offer food for people, but not everybody on assistance is is you know in a shelter or homeless either. Mm -hmm. So I mean, most people, some some people are just they're they're working jobs. It's just not making ends meet. Are you are you talking about animal animal shelters? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, A lot of animal shelters have food available to offer. Oh, and we get even where I work, we get donations for the rescues. Oh, okay. So a lot of rescues have extra food available that they can offer people. So there's those options, but I'm not sure how the government works with food stamps. Yeah. I don't know if I'm against it. Yeah, I guess if they're being responsible and just not turning the pet mm-hmm. out or turning it into a shelter. Um, well, and, there's a lot, wor- lot worse things that you can be doing with those EBT cards and yeah, the food stamps yeah, yeah. and all that. Exactly. I mean, yeah. remember they were cracking down because they were uh, people were spending uh, – they were on cruise ships <laughs> spending money at the casinos <laughs> and drinks with their EBT cards. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, you got to slow the roll on it, that for and, sure. And, you know, Yvonne, you made a good point. It is a quality of life thing. You know, mm-hmm. if you can care for something – you know, something um, – it gives you some empathy. It gives you a reason to get up in the morning and maybe a reason to improve your – I've seen people your, that are in disability or veterans that if they have a pet, it gives them something to take care of that they can – the pet gets um, a value from it. The person gets value from it. Yeah. And they learn to take care of each other. And it does sometimes, you know, it's it's the, the little push that people need to have some motivation. So, yeah. And then you spent how many years – that emotional support peacock was there for you, and just because your day took a turn, you're not going to turn that peacock out. You're going to take care of it. I want to see your peacock. <laughs> your peacock. Your peacock. I can't believe this is actually a song. Your peacock. I, I want to see your peacock. <laughs> I just. Your peacock. I don't even. I should probably your stop peacock. it because I don't know where it goes from here. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's Sam freaking out. But it's it's a podcast, Sam. We can do whatever the hell we want. <laughs> We could say the F word if we wanted. Yeah. <laughs> if we wanted. It's out there. It's on the table. So, Who's going to do it first? Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Well, I, you know, we, we did. The, the, Ryan and I, we, we, we did one, the first one back, and we went nuts. We were just stretching oh, yeah. a little bit. We, we, <laughs> used, we used every naughty word we could think of and a couple we made up. It was great. <laughs> uh, no, I just had to work back. I forgot to play the Peacock song, so I just had to work back to it. <laughs> <laughs> It'll work back to it. All right. Uh, Sam threw the number out there. Maybe somebody will chime in. But I got another email here to to look at. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. And this one is a behavior one. It's uh, food aggression. Can it be trained? Uh, can it be trained out of a dog? Or is this a, a lifelong issue that needs to be managed? Uh, our reasons. Uh, the newest barn dog is a one- to two-year-old mixed dog. Um, the daughter has twice tried to remove her from eating the cat food. Uh, another girl reached down to grab her collar and, uh, the dog bites and whips its head around and snarls. The girls jumped out of the way, uh, and the dog then continues to eat. Um, as the only adult present, I have to intervene. I used a broom to guide her away and shoo her away from the feeding room. I didn't hit her. I just simply pushed her away. Um, so the barn owner didn't act all that concerned. Um, so there you go. So, uh, can you train that food aggression out of a dog? Well, the short answer is yes. Usually you can, but you know, when you, when you look at food aggression, um, a lot of times people are describing normal dog behavior. So if a, if a dog, for instance, gets upset that another dog is coming near his food, that's normal. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of work it out and they, you know, the, uh, um, they, they, they figure out who's going to eat first, who's going to eat second. 
Now, people don't like this when it uh, when it happens to them, when the dog uh, turns on them. There, there, there's there's a couple things you could do. First of all, never dog uh, grab a dog's collar while he's eating. <laughs> you know, it's it's just not a good not a good uh, practice to go grabbing the dog w- when he's eating. You should leave him alone. Now that said, you you should desensitize the dog to having his food taken away from. Him. This is this is pretty easy. You can put a leash on him, collar. Let the dog eat a little bit. And then guide him away with the leash, take it away, and then set it back down. Just keep doing it so the dog knows it's always coming back. It just mm. be, he, he may see that you're kind of annoying him or you're kind of tedious, but it's not going to elicit that response. So desensitizing is, is usually the, the best way to do it without getting into a lot of correction and that sort of thing. So getting the dog used to the fact that it's gonna, the food's coming back and you know, he's, uh, it's, it's not going to be, uh, it's not going to be taken from him. Forever, but that's that's actually a common thing. You take any uh, food aggressive dog with another dog, they figure out their own deal. So if if six dogs have to get along, they'll they'll figure it out, and there, there might be a little bit of squabbling, but it's actually you know normal dog communication. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What about um, dog on dog aggression? Dog on dog aggression is is something that's um, it, my experience is it's very difficult to train out of a dog, uh, if not impossible, because. Um, the uh, fact of the matter is when you have more than one dog in the house, they have to figure out their own mm. uh, status. They have to figure out how they fit in uh, with each other. And if anything you do to intervene is usually going to make it worse. So they have to figure <laughs> out. And, it's like a bully system. Yeah. And, and, and you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, I, I trained for years and people would call and say, my, my dogs are going to kill each other. And again, you know, going back to the food aggression is normal dog behavior. You go over there and they're growling and profiling a little bit. And they, they, they figure it out. So it's usually, it's usually not going to end up with uh, dogs going to the emergency room uh, for, for surgery. It, it's usually um, just some posturing. And uh, once they figure out their, their hierarchy, dogs are very consistent. They're usually very reliable with that, that hierarchy too. Once in a while you get a situation, maybe a, two intact males of a breed that tends to be more dominant anyways, you might have some issues. And two females sometimes will never – yeah. Work it out. Yes, right. <laughs> they just avoid each other. And that's the, that's the same with office politics too. If you have all women, <laughs> you drop a guy in the middle of a, a call center and you fix it. I have a call center. I know this. What about <laughs> pregnant dogs? Do they – Oh. Like if you have I, – I know somebody that recently rescued a pregnant female and um, she hasn't had her litter yet, but she did show some aggression towards my dog. Mm-hmm. And my dog was – was already friendly with this person and then she came to kind of cuddle up to her buddy and this new dog was like you know this is my guy yeah you know and i was like this could be a problem in the future i could see but again she's pregnant so i thought well hormonally she might be a little bit more on edge i've learned to keep my distance from pregnant females (laughs) (laughs) and i think that's but my my bias would be that that might be a permanent issue what, uh, that she might be showing aggression towards another dog that's already bonded to someone. Oh, okay. If okay. she's the new dog in the house, like kind of deal, but I wasn't sure. Yeah, you know, with with uh, with, with pregnant females, I would um, uh, if you see anything that's abnormal or anything that's that that starts uh, cropping up behavior wise. Yeah, yeah. You, I I think it's best to kind of sequester the the female, yeah. give her her own space for a while, and then they'll usually get back on track. Yeah. But um, I mean, you know, can you blame them? Can you, <laughs> right. you know, they they yeah. got a lot going on. You know, so. so that leads to this next one, talking about uh, training methods. Mm. And this one asks, are adversive training methods outdated? Um, I have a dog in obedience training class, and we just had the first week. 
And the trainer uses mainly positive reinforcement, but she recommends citronella spray um, on the back for unwanted behaviors and demonstrated on a dog who is barking. It did work. Uh, but the uh, the dog is uh, – I have gone to dog message forums and they're against any adversive training. Mm-hmm. Um, this trainer has a lot of experience. I'm sorry. Yeah, it, this trainer has a lot of experience. You know, should I trust her or, or uh, what? So it, adversive style of training. Well, here, here's the thing with the training. It's it's less a matter of opinion and more a matter of taking the nature of the beast into consideration. Mm-hmm. I don't work with horses. Mm-hmm. Now, if I were to take my own ideas of what a horse would want and, and what would work with, with a horse, I'd be sadly mistaken. You know, a horse is a prey animal. Right. So um, I work with dogs. Uh, I would probably make a lot of mistakes with a horse. So um, when you look at how dogs treat each other, sometimes you'll see some rough behavior. Sometimes you'll see correction. Sometimes you'll see very tender interactions. Uh, that's where I take my cues. Now, the problem is with with any kind of uh, corporal punishment, with mm-hmm. any kind of uh, aversive training, it's a slippery slope. And that's it's whether you're disciplining a child or a, a, a dog, um, you use it. You have to have some strict rules as to how you're going to use it, what you're going to use, and it has to be fair. Now, that is something that's for a longer discussion, but mm-hmm. uh, by and large, you want to try to get the behavior you want by showing the benefit of that behavior. Right. Works with men, too. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Positive reinforcement works wonders. Um, and uh, uh, there's, uh, there's a, a, a book that's been out for, I don't know, 20, 25 mm-hmm. years called Don't Shoot the Dog. It's written by Karen Pryor. She was a, uh, she was a trainer for uh, SeaWorld, uh, so she, she trained a lot of sea mammals. And um, uh, the positive reinforcement, it's kind of a misnomer because positive reinforcement, although you're only giving positive reinforcement, yeah. when, the, when the animal doesn't do what you, you want it to do, it's withheld, and that causes a lot of negative reinforcement mm-hmm. from inside. Oh. So a lot of times the, the best kind of uh, uh, force can be applied from the inside out. So, um, huh. for instance, if, uh, if a child isn't doing, uh, doing their homework – Okay, by haranguing them and yelling at them, it rarely ever has the effect you want it to have. But if it's if it's from the inside, if they can see a reason why they mm-hmm. should excel, the pressure that you put on yourself is always going to be uh, more powerful than the pressure applied from the outside. So it's um there's always pressure. Sure. There's, there's always always pressure. There's always negative reinforcement of some some kind. But to err on the side of positive reinforcement is always good. Isn't such aren't such nulls collars used for barking? Mm-hmm. Isn't that yeah, they, and they just. There's, but they're stimulated when the dog barks, and yeah. then it's supposed to deter them. Yeah, yeah. is it? Do they not like yeah. the smell or something? Or yeah, uh, we uh, about uh, 15 years ago when they first came out, we had one on the show. <laughs> did you wear one? Yeah, I did. <laughs> and it's annoying as hell. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah. yeah. uh, the citronella is just unpleasant. You know, uh, it, it's and it's just uh, you know it smells bad, and you know it's kind of overpowering when you get a shot of it. But um, but again, it's it's it, it works to the right. extent that it startles the It'll dog. Eventually or, desensitize from, <laughs> I would yeah, think. yeah. And if the dog isn't isn't uh, um, startled by that, then what do you do? Then you know, there's 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 other means. So well, yeah. the point is to 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 get the you know uh, again using strict rules for correction, apply a correction, and then uh, and then get right back to showing them the behavior you want through. Um, through uh, positive praise, motivation, and you know uh, anything that the, the the pet perceives as as uh, as a good thing or well, a positive thing. And I think they have to keep in mind the breed because certain breeds mm. 
like if you don't want a dog that barks, don't buy, don't get a Sheltie because yeah. that's part of their happy behavior. Like when they're happy, they bark. So I happen to have a Sheltie and I had to teach her to be quiet and I would use like a hush symbol like for her to be quiet and she would try to bark quietly <laughs> when I would do that. So she understood the oh, concept. Yeah, she would try Absolutely. to like, <laughs> like, like I'm really trying, but I'm really excited. But and other times it just overpowers her, and she just barks anyway. And uh, and but she does know the difference of when she's being corrected. But yeah. yeah, I wouldn't use. I haven't used any shot collars or anything really to deter her from barking. But I have to allow her to bark when she's happy. So there has to yeah. be that release of when it's a good thing and when they're not supposed to. You're, you're right, and that's uh, when I said take the nature of the beast in consideration. You know, every breed of dog is actually a different type of dog. Yeah. It's been bred for a certain reason, uh, usually, most of them. And, um, and, and they do require different, uh, different training methods. And a smart trainer will pick that up, mm-hmm. and they'll adjust their methods to the dog. You know, you can't train a sighthound, a, a whippet, the same way you would train a Rottweiler. Right. Right. They're, they're very, very different. They respond differently. This email had continued, and it kind of reflects back to the the previous thing you said about dog on dog aggression. It said it's very reactive to other dogs when when it's on leash. Uh, but the thing that struck me about the question was they say I, I should the the trainer said take it to a dog park, but isn't the dog past its socialization window? How old is the dog? Um, I should, but I I don't have an age on the dog, but is there a socialization window for a dog, or can you? There uh, is. Oh, okay. There okay. definitely is. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so I uh, that's a thing. A socialization window. Yeah. You, okay. And that starts at at weeks of age. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, maybe ten, twelve weeks. You want to get them socialized properly, and it and it can, you know, you you can uh, get past that point and have a, a uphill battle with socializing. A dog, but you know what? When, when dog parks first started becoming a thing, mm-hmm. I would read about it. And of course, everything starts in California, right, sure. or, or, or New York. And uh, I would read about it and think, "Oh, this is never going to work," because you know people letting these untrained dogs loose. There are very few problems in, at dog parks right. because people, you know, let, they let their dog. The dogs bark and you know uh, and and figure it out real quickly, and they uh, they get on with their business. So. Um, you know what? You know what causes a lot of aggression, Jamie, is the leash. Okay. You know the, the dog will uh, will lunge at another dog, and the mm-hmm. owner pulls back. All that tension causes more tension, and uh, you know it usually sets the dog off. So, oh, the dog is uh, a year old, uh, and she's had him for three months. So, what is the the window? What is the best time to get out there and socialize your pup with people and other dogs? It's weeks, and, isn't yeah, it? weeks, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like yeah, ten weeks. Yeah, about ten, twelve weeks. You want to get them out, and you know, you want to make sure they're vaccinated and they're, you have them in a safe environment. But mm-hmm. you want to get them used to different surfaces, different types of people, different environments, noisy things. Like you know, I cars. take my dog everywhere, and she's been going with me since she was ten weeks old, but. She was car sick the first two, three months. Aww. Every time she got in the car, now she can go 10 hours with me in a car on a trip yeah. and never get sick. But she was gradually exposed to new things and she was definitely vaccinated. But, you know, I would try to introduce her to different people, introduce her to different animals, you know, under um, guidance, you know, so she was under supervision. But um, she identifies more with cats than dogs because oh. she was raised with a cat. So she, but she knows the difference between a cat that likes her and one that's posturing and she should stay away from. So it, all the different experiences, you know, taking them to pet stores that allow pets to walk through on a leash and, 
and the classes definitely help a lot. Mm-hmm. But I agree. Every, you know, trying to socialize them by getting them into different situations and, and training them helps a lot. You know, you should also, uh, I've always recommended this, take your, your dog to the vet between visits. Right, right. Just to go and get a treat, right, say right. hi to the, the staff. Laid. Yeah, and then and then leave. If if the dog only experiences, you know, shots and probing yeah. and this and that, every time he goes to the vet, of course, he's not going to like it. Mm. So you should uh, take him. Probing? <laughs> well, you know, what, whatever the heck you guys do. Examining, this. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> I was like, we, maybe you could take me to the vet later. And right? we try to make it fun for them and give them <laughs> treats sure. and, and try to make it somewhat pleasant so they don't even notice they're getting a vaccine. But there's sometimes when they're sick and they're hospitalized for a couple of days and those dogs, you know, if it's a good experience, you know, because they, when they come back, they're not afraid. Mm. But some yeah. dogs are just naturally more fearful of a vet. Like certain dogs, I'm sure you know, have a... Seem to have a lower pain tolerance, like huskies, and, sure, where sure. they just seem to be very—they're very vocal dogs, though. So they tend to be very vocal when they're feeling pain. Yeah. So they appear to be more painful when they're really—it's part of that breed, right? So yeah, so different sure, dogs are a little bit more emotional. Some are happy everywhere, sure, and some are terrified everywhere, <laughs> <laughs> or they want to be. What what's a, what do you what breed of dog do you cringe at when you see in, sitting in the, in the in the waiting room? <laughs> Charles. Um, <laughs> Some dogs are a little bit harder to read than others. Um, I think every breed is different. And as you get to know the breeds, you kind of know how to approach them. So yeah. I think some of them, you know, you know, you can just walk up to and, and they're going to be pretty friendly and others you might have to use different body language with. So I think, um, it depends on the breeds. There's really no breed I, I d- just can't stand to work with. Um, it's usually making sure that as long as a dog is controllable and the person's put work into handling them, pretty much any any dog is easy to handle. Mm-hmm. But um, pretty much any breed that's been not socialized, ignored, you know, they're only coming in because they're sick, can, you have to be really careful with. Yeah. But we get dogs from the shelter sometimes that I might have to sit down in a room and, and spend 10 minutes just talking to it before he can even approach me. But a lot of dogs are very open to that. So a lot of them are just scared. So there's no, no real dog I would say I can't, don't want to look She's at. She's lying. She's so, lying. Uh, <laughs> there's some that I'm a little bit yeah, yeah. less excited to see. <laughs> so you have Piper is a Sheltie. You have her. And then what kind of cat do you have at home? Oh, it's a rescued kitten that okay. I oh. got when he was about mm, eight or ten weeks old. All right. That was found uh, abandoned in a moving van for oh. – actually, I think he crawled in there with his mom by accident, and they ended up trapped in it for over a week. So, oh, yeah, wow. he was a survivor, which is why his name was MacGyver. <laughs> <laughs> and the Piper and MacGyver met when they were 10 weeks old and have been best friends since. Oh. And then uh, do you have some horses in your life? One horse. Okay. Yes. So you know a little bit about horses? Mm-hmm. All right, because I had an email here. Captain, <laughs> incoming message. And this one, short. Um, uh, vitamin E supplements mm-hmm. for winter months yes. in northern climates. Is that important for your horse? Uh, in my barn, there's uh, several horses. Some do, some don't. What should I do? Actually, I have my horse on vitamin E right now. Um, What's that all about? In- vitamin E is basically they get it from grazing. So in the summertime, they're outside. If they're um, a horse that normally goes out in the pasture, they should get normal amounts of vitamin E every day, which is I think the basic minimum is 5,000 units a day. Um, so if they're out in the pasture you know, five, six days a week, they're going to get natural vitamin E from grazing on grass. Um, if they happen to not be able to go out for some reason, they have some reason they can't be turned out 
side, then they should be on at least 5,000 units a day of vitamin wow, E. And in the okay. wintertime, obviously, if you're in cold weather areas and there's snow on the ground, you're not going to get much grazing. Yeah. So, yeah, it's important. Um, it just helps supplement their energy levels, their muscle tone. Mm-hmm. So it helps a lot. Yeah. I would recommend it. I Like I said, I started supplementing my horse this year. So it's not talked about in a lot of places. There's right. certain there's certain formulas that are considered more um, palatable, soluble, where they actually um, can digest it better. So you can yeah. definitely do some research on that and see what's available. So when I, yeah, I read that, I'm like, so what? What? What in the north? Why does that make a difference? Well, because there's snow on the ground. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, it. Didn't even dawn on me as the the basis well, of the question. Climates don't have grass like if you're in. Las yeah. Vegas. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yvonne, you compete, right? Mm, you're, yeah, you're, you're a jockey. You're a jockey. Right? <laughs> jockey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you could be a jockey. So, are, so are you like? Uh, are you world class? Are you, I mean, how how good are you? Is it worth um, talking about? Is it jump, I, jumping and whatever. I right? compete the in dressage. Forcing? I um, my horse and I did pretty well in dressage. We we qualified for regional championships, so we did okay. Oh, nice. So yeah, um, he's a retired thoroughbred, off the track thoroughbred. So um, he's got a second career in dressage, and he loves it, and he likes to work. See now, Brian has a second career <laughs> in a decoupage. Decoupage. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that's his second career. It's, uh, I, I decoupaged my whole torso one time. <laughs> it's amazing how often decoupage comes up in this podcast. You've got mail, baby. Okay. Uh, cats, right? I got a 14-year-old cat. That's an old fella. He's been snuffling and sneezing. It's been a chronic problem over the years, and antibiotics don't seem to actually rid her of them. Uh, discharge from her nose is clear and thin and only evident when she sneezes. Um, I started her on Viralis, v- Viral L-Y-S, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and some saline nasal drops along with taking her into the steamy bathroom two to three times a day. Sign me up. Um, I'd rather not stress her by taking her to the vet since uh, I started this three days ago. She's still uh, she's still sneezing, but much less. Um, Is there a way to treat her? Uh, is is antibiotics the cure? So there's different reasons they get nasal discharge. If they're getting like um, purulent nasal discharge, like an infection, they could have a sinus infection, which a lot of cats, if they get sinus infections, it's a good idea to culture it to find out what antibiotics going to work on it. And then often they have to be on antibiotics for eight weeks to clear it up because sinus infections are hard to treat. Mm -hmm. Um, If it turns out to be a viral problem, which she's treating with the viral lice, that's... um, Lysine, which is a type of amino acid that they give cats that have virus infections. Um, cats tend to get a herpes virus that gives them a chronic eye discharge and nasal oh. discharge. Right. So a lot of times that is chronic in a lot of cats. And the lysine is something that kind of supports their immune system, that keeps them from being stressed. So certain times a year, they may be more stressed and they might show more symptoms. So, you know, the, vi- the viral lice is definitely a good idea. And if it's already improving, she might just want to try that and see how it works for a while. All right. um, and Sounds obviously like it's an ongoing it problem. It's going to stress them a little yeah. more. Fourteen year old cat, that's a senior cat. That's getting yeah. up there. If they're eating and drinking and acting fine, it may just it also could be allergies if she changed the cat litter and it's a different scent or they're using different scents around the house for the holidays. It might be allergic to that. Smoke, perfumes. A lot of things can make them have a runny nose. Huh. So as long as they're eating and drinking and they're acting fine, if it's improving, she can kind of see how the 
the viral ice works. All right. So there's been a there's been a stink on the internet. Uh, there was a news story, and uh, pitbull owners are uh, pitbulls get a bad rap, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. You know, you, you got to have the right owner uh, for the right dog. You know, maybe not for me, but some people. That's uh, the perfect. That's the perfect pet. <laughs> and uh, so these pitbull owners are, are a bit upset, and they're firing back because of a controversial ad that was supposed to supposedly be airing. During uh, the Super Bowl with adorable doggy pics, but it would have all these little sayings going across it too. Um, and ultimately, the message was don't adopt a pit bull, yeah. right? And it was wow. like, Why? Um, and well, it turns out um, that uh, Snopes kind of uh, looked into it and the ad was not going to air during the Super Bowl. Um, and ultimately, if you saw the ad and like all these people against the ad were like, Make this ad go away, and then they would put the ad in their timeline. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> and complain to whoever, complain to the football, you know, commissioner, not to let this air, you know. And it was uh, it was created by a dog bite attorney oh, in L.A. Okay. Of course. <laughs> so this guy who does dog bite attorney law, uh, he's uh, Kenneth Phillips, uh, and, and yeah, dog bite law. And uh, so I, it sounds like he planted it um, and got people sharing it and it went very viral. And uh, but it, it is it, it is absolutely against pit bulls. And I mean, it has just some awful statistics, you know, t- pit bulls killed 29 Americans in 2017. And, uh, you know, one breed killed 75 percent of the people who were mauled in 2017. And, you know, all these things along with these pictures. And then the last big screen says, do not ad- adopt pit bulls. And underneath it says contact. Kenneth Phillips. So it was basically like advertisement. It's, it was a total yeah. ad, right? Oh, but it cost wow. $5 million to get an ad into the, the Super Bowl for a 30-second ad. Yeah. But he got his uh, he got his ad uh, out there all over the web. It's actually and, pretty clever. And people talking about <laughs> it's it. It's pretty smart. Take a shyster attorney to <laughs> yeah. do that, you know. Well, it's, it's usually uh, the pit bull owners that are the ones that are really – causing the problem not the dogs yeah yeah i mean yeah poor yeah yeah i mean irresponsible irresponsible no mine are nice no but i mean the ones that are (laughs) getting into trouble it's usually it's like it's like you know if a child shoots somebody it's usually not the child that's the one that fault it's the parent that gave him the gun it's the same with pit bulls i think i i was really curious about uh uh, if it would air or not if you know and i was like so I, i snoped it up and it's like oh yeah no it's not and they confirmed with uh uh, the attorney's office that uh, they have not purchased airtime um, in the Super Bowl. They have, they've have, they have run it locally um, oh, wow. in in their market, but uh, it has, it's not going to air um, with that five million dollar price tag. So, <laughs> but that kind of opens the door, right? Don't adopt pit bulls, right? And then it, it, you, you scare that, and you get some crazy politician who's like, yeah, and we need a breed ban because pit bulls are actually outlawed in, in some municipalities and some in states Miami, and counties. When I lived and, in Miami, they didn't allow in Miami-Dade County. Yeah, and, and so they're actually outlawed. So where does that stop, right? Does it – are, are, are you know, German Shepherds and Dobermans next and, you know, Chows? Okay, well, you can take Chows. But, you know, I mean, what's next on the list, Barking right? Barking dogs. Barking dogs, <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, dogs so where does bark. it – it's a slippery slope with uh, breed bans. And I, I think – I don't think this attorney – 
is doing anybody any services with this ad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I think um, insurance companies had a lot to, have a lot to do with this. You oh. can't, get health, you can't get health insurance if you have a certain That's screen. right. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And they have a list. Oh, wow. a brief, a and Rottweilers list. are on it too. Yeah. And, and what, dogs. Uh, what, collies? Rottweilers. Oh, Rottweilers. And, and some breeds that you wouldn't expect are on there <laughs> as well. Just, just They just take the statistics and then yeah. – uh, um, so lab mixes in some because you know lab really? shepherd mixes sometimes can can cause problems and uh, that, that's the 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 people who make coffee tables because they want to be able to you don't want a coffee table dog I have no idea where it was in my head Brian it was hilarious <laughs> just keep going though I'm just, amazed at lab mixes though well the thing is you know uh, there's a dog bite incident and they ask the owner what uh, what breed of dog is it? oh you know he's a lab mix eh, it's a spaniel mix or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. And then terrier mix terrier mix so yeah you get a lot of that that is one beautiful dog <laughs> she's is uh, Piper is very very Oh, I think so she thinks adorable. that there's food on your chin. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there probably is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a cute pup. Shave the goatee. Oh. <laughs> so, yeah, so I just, uh, so don't worry about that, Pitbull people. Uh, the awful ad is not going to run, thankfully. Uh, and if you're going to send hate mail, send it to that stupid attorney that started all those shenanigans. I, I think yeah. that's I think that's unfair to the breed. Um, it's a smart you know. idea getting its name out. You know, there, I, I think though, by and large, yeah. the, the internet has been very friendly to pit bulls. I, uh, it's not the way. It's not the same way it was 20 years ago. Where oh, pit bull, you know, it's right. it's, it's gonna it's gonna eat it your face. It has changed. It has changed, right? I mean, you'll see a lot of the videos now with the pit bulls. You know. Uh, uh, being very tender and very gentle with kittens and things like that and babies and oh, uh, <laughs> I love them. I love those videos. So. <laughs> yeah, I think Sam, Sam Nork is posting most of those videos. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, hey, look at that. We are uh we've been doing this for a while. How long has that been running there down at the bottom, Sam? What's that say? Which that, one? The, uh, either one, the 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 encoding one. How long's how long's that been rolling? Fifty two. Fifty two minutes. Holy smokes! That means we're almost out of time. But you know, you know, what we got to do. Before no, we're no. Done. Yep. Oh no. yes. Who's bad? Yvonne will never come back if you do this. <laughs> doing it. I'm doing it. It's hard enough to get her here, and now you're gonna do this. It's time for the bad animal joke oh, of God. the week. Oh, time for the Bad Animal Joke of the Week. And tomorrow is Groundhog's Day. So they are all Groundhog's jokes. And I'm saying they are because there's several. <laughs> Yay! I, well, I just, Brian, it's fun. Come on. Join, join, the, join the fray. All right, so... Um, this is loud. Piper just shook all over. <laughs> all right, there it is. I always hang in with the bad jokes. Eh? All right. I'm a good sport about that. All right, excellent. So um, Groundhog Day tomorrow. And so in honor of that, we have a few Groundhog's jokes. Uh, hey, Brian. Hey, Jamie. Uh, what is Punxsutawney Phil's favorite book? I don't know. What is Punxsutawney Phil's favorite book? Holes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. What Each do you, week, it gets, I think it gets worse. What do you, they do. What do you call a woodchuck's laundry? What do you call a woodchuck's laundry, Jamie? Hogwash. <laughs> That's, uh, yeah. Uh, how do groundhogs smell? How do groundhogs smell? Yeah, how do, how do groundhogs smell? How? With their noses. When Punxsutawney Phil... What does Punxsutawney Phil do at a party? I don't know. What does Punxsutawney Phil do? Go hog wild! 
There you go. Bad animal joke. There were there were hand motions with that. Hog <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, that'll do it. That, uh, that's my time. <laughs> well, Yvonne, thanks for coming. we got to drag you out every once in a while yeah, when you got fine. some time. and I, I, Now you have to because I want to see your puppy all the time. Thanks for being here for the last time because I know you're not going to come back after the bad <laughs> animal joke. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, thanks for helping out. Oh, everything you're you do. Thank Brian. You. Jamie, you're always a sexy beast. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, AnimalTalkRadio.com for all the stuff and all the socials, Animal Talk Radio. Thanks for being with us, and have a great week. Thank you. Bye.